Yo, 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 welcome to another round of In the House. We have a very special guest, um, a celebration, the day after Christmas. Uh, I thank you for carving out this time, um, but I'm really looking forward to our conversation, Mr. Tony Contrell from Advent Comics. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you, bro. Like I said, I've been watching you for a minute now. You and your 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 team are doing some excellent things, bro. I look for uh, big things from y'all. Big things from Royal House, real soon. Oh real man, soon. I'm 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 humbled. I'm humbled, but uh, uh, you know, I really I really gotta 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 let you know, like kind of kind of little fanfare, man. Like when when I was coming in and learning the craft, Advent Comics was really like a staple that 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 was standing out. So you know, putting the soul back into comics is is the tagline on on your website. What what is yep. Avid Comics? Tell me a little bit about Avid Comics. Well, when I started Avid Comics back uh, almost fifteen years ago now, there were not a lot of black. Well, what I felt was missing from comics at the time was a lot of black characters, creators, and just companies geared towards stories we possibly wanted to see and things we want to talk about. So that was my goal. Um, I came in with, with a couple of different reasons. I wanted to put um, black characters and black creators first and foremost into our books. I also want to uh, touch on like elements that weren't touched on at the time. Like my very first book was called Pandemonium Evil Incarnate. And basically it was a graphic novel about what if there was no God. Basically. Mm. That was what the, the, the underlying theme was. So people were like you telling a story about religion? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's we're gonna do things a little different. Yeah, yeah. Because we came in, it was all gritty, dark and gritty heroes, and I was like, nah, man, if we're gonna do dark and gritty, let's do dark and gritty. We're gonna do a world run by the devil. Come on, I mean, that was the first graphic novel, and they was like, bro, this ain't never gonna work. They ain't never gonna work, and I was like, okay, we'll see. Oh, we'll so see. you so you, you kind of came in, um, uh, wanting to do something different. That was that was kind of like a call. I yeah. Yeah. To, to, take me take me back. Take us back and tell me a little bit more about you and just how you got into wanting to create comics. Man, I've been a lifelong comic book fan, bro. Um, ever since I was like five years old, I love comic books. Um, it's a little goofy story, so you and your fans bear with me. Um, when I was five years old, my older brother and my cousin idolized the two of them jokers, man. They was heavy in the comic books. But I was a little brother, so they would leave me out the, out the conversation, out the room. I couldn't, you know, look at comic books with them. So when they would go out and play basketball or run the streets, I'd sneak in the room and I'd look at the comic books. <laughs> so when they got, I guess they got the girls about 12, 13, my cousin, he was like, look, I'm done with comic books, man. He was like, you want my comic books? It was a Sunday night. I never forget, I was getting ready for bed. And my father was going to pick my brother up from my cousin's house. He was like, you can come get the comic books if you want them. Got up out of bed in my pajamas, man. I grabbed all 300 of those comic books. Mm. And the love affair was like instant, bro. When I tell you, me and those comic books was was best friends, we was best friends, man. I, I, I just stopped loving. I never stopped loving comic books after that, man. Mm. Never stopped loving comic books. So, so, so now tell me the jump from a comic book enthusiast, a young a young appreciator to actual like you know, the writing or are you the writer artist tell me about I just kind of how you got into I the am, structure of it 
I am the writer, the owner, and publisher of Avid Comics. Um, how it started was back in, I think it was 97 or 2000, somewhere around there, Marvel had this thing where they were looking for writers. And I used to write in college, um, my first time in college. We won a few awards in college, and I was like, okay. I always wanted to work comics, but life took me a different path. Um, so I was like, okay, I can do this. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a career firefighter and paramedic, so I was like, I can do this. So I wrote a couple things down, and it made it, uh, the, the line was called Epic, Marvel Epic uh, line, where we're looking for creator own stuff. So it made it a couple rounds up uh, through Marvel's editorial process um, before they decided, well, the character I used to write with, they decided we're going to kill that character, it was Adam Warlock. They were like, nah, we're going to do something else with Adam Warlock. They eventually ended up turning out killing him again. And I was like, man, okay. But I was like, I wrote a story that Marvel thought was all right. So what I did was when I went to, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary out in San Diego. So at the same time, San Diego Comic-Con was going on. So we was on, I was on the like 65th floor of the hotel I was at. Tyrese walks in. And I was like, oh, man, that's Tyrese, the actor, the movie singer. And so I was like, hey, you know, you film a movie out here? He was like, nah, bro, I'm on Comic-Con. Like, okay. <laughs> Tyrese had a comic that he was he was he, he it hadn't come out yet, but he was debuting it through Image. It was called Mayhem. He said, I'm going to Comic Con. He said, man, you know, come on out. You and your wife. I was like, man, and I was like, don't tell me I'm a comic book fan, man. He was like, come on, come on in. You my guest. Oh so, wow. Yeah, got me and my wife in there. Uh, took a picture with it. What's on my on my Instagram and Facebook? Uh-huh. So, and I'm looking around. I'm walking through there. So other than Tyrese, I met only two other brothers in the whole big Comic-Con joint uh, to the floor who were selling comics. And I was like, hold up. One was, uh, I forgot the, the gentleman's name, but he passed. I think I heard he passed since mm-hmm. then. But he did a comic book on, on Jim Kelly. I think it was called Lion King or something. Oh, like that wow. Nature. And the other brother was Kobe Marks. He was doing a, a book called Storm. Chases, I think, at the time. I think it was called Storm Chases. So I was like, bro, there's only three brothers in this whole joint. I was like, I know it's more brothers than that in comic books. And they were all of them, all of them was like, bro, comics is a, it's a tough industry. And mm. if you get in, they ain't really looking like us. So I was like, nah, come on, bro. It's got to be, got to be something. Now are they talking. That, you think they were talking like mainstream industry? They were talking. They were talking about mainstream or just getting your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see after I got into it, I could see why it's it's a daunting task. Comics is not something you're going to instantly get rich at. It's not something that's that's going to be instantly fulfilling. You got to put in the work. It's like a marathon. Yeah, you got to got to pace yourself in comic books because it, it takes a while to. To learn a learn the ropes behind the scenes. That was my thing. I didn't know the ropes. I came in fresh off the street. I'm I'm applying street mentality and different business mentality to things of a, of an industry that I really didn't know the inner workings of. So when I came in, I made tons of mistakes. Tons of mistakes. Well, tell me tell me about that balance because you know you're coming into an industry that people in the industry are telling you is broken at some level. Yes. Right. Yes. So. They 
telling me, and it, it was it was legit. Um, uh, let me let me go back backwards uh, back to the original story. Okay. Uh, so I I had a ticket for one more day. So when I talked to Kobe, he uh, he was like, maybe Kobe Kirby Marks. He was like, "Are you coming back for the Black Panel?" I'm like, "What's that?" He said, "The Black people who are in the industry do this function called the Black Panel. It's on Saturday." Saturday at 9 a.m. I was like, ah, okay, bet. I was like, I'll be back. So when I came in, it was a whole room was black. And it was, man, when I tell you it was a, it was a party, it was a party, it was a celebration. Um, there were big names in there who just sitting in the crowd amongst uh, a couple of items of mine. Dennis Cowan was sitting in there. Um, didn't know him at the time. Ken Lashley. It was like, it was, it was packed. And then I was listening, and they were like, yeah, you know, more of us need to be involved in the industry, in the process. And they were saying the same thing that other brothers had told me already, but they were like, you know, we can we can get it done. And they was like, it was so empowering just hearing these powerful black voices and seeing other creators or other people who love comic books like I did in there and be like, you know, back to plans and be like, yeah, we're going to go ahead. This is what we're going to do. It, it can be done. And I was like, man, I was like, I love comic books. I was like, I always wanted to do it. I was like, maybe I should just start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And and in that meeting, I got enough enough <laughs> guts yeah. to go introduce myself to one of my idols. Dennis Cowell was talking to a gentleman. And I was like, sir, I've loved your work for years. I grew up, you know, with your stuff. I was like, can I, you know, just be myself to you? No, he was like he was nice. Like, yeah, of course, sure, sure. And at the time, I didn't know he was talking to Ken Lashley. I told him, I said, "Look, I have an idea for this superhero, Black Superman." I was like, you know, basically, I want to, I want to make it happen. And he anyway encouraged me, like, you can get it done. At the time, Ken Ken Lashley, it just started working for Black Panther. He was like, I'd be interested. And I was like, stop playing. When he introduced himself to me, and I knew who he was, I was like, bro, you playing with me? He was like, nah. So we talked, whatever. He did the very first sketch of Titan. And then the juice got flowing. When I got home, immediately <laughs> when I got home, I got all these notebooks out, old ideas, the stories I had for comic books. Just start writing. My wife was like, if I see one more notebook with stories and, uh-huh. and stuff, I was, I was like, babe, look here. You're going to see plenty of these joints. Yeah. So it, it, it just blew up from there, man. Um, but the, the to bring it back full circle, they were telling me, yeah, this this is a system where you can thrive no matter what color creator you are, but you gotta have the patience before the two and desire to do it. So that being said, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, just basically the long haul. That's 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 real powerful and I I, I think you get to a level that you get to with all three of those pillars and and it's hard to you know you can get a you can can get really excited about an idea but if you don't have those pillars that patience that fortitude then it's really you know it becomes like you know you know project management becomes just as important as any art or writing uh, ability tell me about how you kind of how you put your team together Oh man, uh, to be honest, um, actually, 
I did it a lot like you did it, bro. Um, when I came back from that uh, that Comic Con in two thousand nine, I came on Facebook and I found ten artists who were, well, actually it was seven because one artist did like two different stories for me. I found seven artists who I thought were like the dopest artists that I could find on Facebook, and basically I brought them in: Aaron Mead, Ace uh, Continuado. Uh, Feds or Mel, uh, a few others who aren't, aren't around anymore, but I was like, yeah, this this the nucleus right here. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just started branching out. Um, I, I hired off of uh, artists off of uh, like a, it's, it's like a, not a fiver, but it was like a, 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 a artist, a site for artists to go to okay. book jobs. I was hiring artists through, through sites. And then they just started as I progressed and got to know more about the industry, I got to know who's who in the industry and was able to get artists from within the industry to help work on some items. So that's how I started. That's that's real cool and, and like I think I didn't really understand the powerful of publishing until I started getting into this in, into this industry, you know, very recently. But what separates a book as a product to make and invest in as opposed to like the materials to make a burger or a perishable, any type of other like perishable, right? Because you you invest in that, and then th- that one exchange, like you you have to like go buy the materials again. Whereas a book, it stays created. You can pass that yep. that one creation down like to legacy, right? Did you yep. see that same kind of power? Like what what how, what what made you want to go beyond just writing a book and become a publisher? Um. Because I actually, the, the truth behind the whole thing, I had a story I wanted to tell. I said, if I'm going to get into this, I want to tell a particular story. That story that, that Marvel passed on, basically I took it and reformatted it for Advent Comics. And actually, this past 10 years, every story that you see that already has been created is part of that same one story. I'm almost finished with it. When Cosmos ends, that first one story I want to tell will be over. That's it. I mean, comic companies don't stay around, but I'm just saying that story I wanted to initially tell will be told. So all the books you see, and a few a few spinoffs, but that all the comics so far have been that one story in my mind. Yeah, that um, that that good closure of a of a story arc is is important for good writing. I think it makes the stakes higher as to like those those tropes where you bringing people back to life or somebody else right. puts on the moniker the same like you know the new right. batman or whatever new flash right. yeah you, I, I like that from like but, avatar but the, exactly but with a new comic book company or a new product in general it's hard to just go from okay this is my story here it is i had to set up the pieces around it so the story would hold more weight and more levity. So I couldn't tell a complete story of Cosmos without having Titan set up. I couldn't have it without uh, Legend of Vanguard set up. I couldn't have it with Dark Light and Crew not set up. So I had to set up different products in order to tell that one story. I think I think your um, the Advent like creative universe and you know, ecosystem is very 
um, comprehensive in that way. And I, I was, I was telling you earlier when we were coming on that, like I was, I was doing like just, just going back over your, you know, your titles. I wanted to be familiar with, with all, with all your work. So I kind of, as a standard practice, like if somebody has multiple works, we'll talk about a few, right? So I'm, I'm looking through your, through your catalog, and I'm like, okay, the first few, like Pandemonium, Champions, uh, and then Spotlight. All right, these look, these are super dope. Let me, let me talk about these. But then, you know, on the page, you can see what's coming up next. So like, I scrolled down, and then I saw uh, Titan. I'm like, oh, I gotta talk. We gotta talk about Titan, right? And then I'm like, okay, Dark Knight we make it round it out at five we just make it five okay <laughs> and then i seen the next the next little top of the corner i'm like all right let me see what's on this page <laughs> so then i'm just list, i'm gonna list off what i what i saw i saw cosmos the regulators war guard savior and i'm like man i can't go beyond 10 but then i put a hash because i'm like all right we got to talk hit squad and chambers of terror <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. So, What's so my ten, my ten was, uh, my ten was like a slash, and I added, I added two. But I really want to know, like, uh, like how do you find, how do you find so much imagination? Like, how, how do you find, uh, because everything is like really high quality. How, do, how do you, what is your approach? Uh, that, okay. Uh, the imagination part. Like I said, I've loved comic books all my life. Um, so. I'm also, I also try to put out what I liked. So, um, as far as you name the first two, the first uh, book, Pandemonium, mm-hmm. that was our first graphic novel. Um, that was the initial, break, well, that was the initial start of our universe. Champions of Hope was the conclusion of that that uh, graphic novel, and that introduced our superheroes. The Azic universe actually started after Champions of Hope inside a spotlight, mm. which kind of gave you a look at individual superheroes in our universe and kicked off the universe. So okay. everything, it's all connected. It's like a chronic, because I, I was, as I was going through, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't alphabetical. Um, I thought it might have no. been like released, but there's a chronological, like if I'm, if I'm yeah. watching... Uh, the new Marvel like movies. I want to watch them in chronological order. The the way the website is set up, it's set up in terms of the books as they should be read, like Pandemonium, Champions of Hope, Spotlight Number One. Then you come down, you should have uh, Dark Light. Well, you got a you got a handbook in there, um, Advent Universe handbook. So some people could say, okay, well, I don't know about Advent. Who are some of the characters? That lists like thirty of the characters, villains, and and heroes based on those first two graphic novels. So then after that, you got Darklight, then you have Titan, and these are the way they were cre- the books were created and the way that the, the universe is starting to be set up. So they're all in kind of like chronological order, so to speak, from the way I created them. I saw those handbooks, and now that you're 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 kind of explaining how it, it weaves into the whole. To, to understanding to just becoming more uh, more engrossed in the universe and in, in your imagination in these worlds that you've built the art is is fantastic for for each of them you're saying like they're they're different artists that you that you yeah, pull together should, yeah. tell me about yeah. your work relationship with an individual artist like 
do you how much room and space for their creativity are you do you really know what you want down to you know the detail what's is it different for every I, artist I, I, know, I know what I want um, and basically I'll look at an artist um, over time if, if I like your artwork then I'll think okay I like his style how can I plug his style into the advent universe and what in my mind do I see that particular artist working on let's say for instance uh, if I had a George Perez I know off the break if I got a George Perez to do something I know off the break he has to work on Cosmos or Regulators because his style fits those type of books or the type of imagery that I want to come out of that particular books um, so basically I was looking at artists like okay I like the style he does and his style would be perfect for a horror story I have in mind that I'm going to do in, uh, later on once I get Get the, in, the universe set up in Chambers of Terror. Okay, I liked his style, and I'd have a superhero book. It's like our version of, let's say, Bat, Batman. I know he would be perfect for that. So I'm looking at all these different artists and thinking of the characters that I have in my universe that we have set up and what they would, how they would bring and add to those characters. And once I I see a particular artist, I'll see you know if there's something a work relationship that we can have. And, they've been interested in working with us um and then um based on the art i mean i've let artists come in and be like okay this is what i have in my script this is what it is and sometimes the artists will take a little i, I would give them like leeway mm -hmm. like when i first worked with uh greg laroque at the time he you know greg wrote down vengeance and flash and lead the superheroes he was one of my favorites so he was like oh damn i'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do regulators that so he was like okay he read the script he was like actually i like it and a couple of things he's like well it would flow better if we did this and this i'm like oh, okay bet so i'm learning from him mm. while i'm letting him do his thing i'm like okay so i gotta remember if i change the script like this and tweak it this way it will flow better so i'm like that that so it depends on who the artist is uh i mean generally don't don't change artists are listening. Don't change scripts. That that's a that's a, ooh that's a no no. That's a no yeah, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, um, I just flow. It depends on the artist, um, and I, I sync with the artist. Um, and I gotta say, first and foremost, the crew of artists that we have at Advent. I have a nickname for them. I call them the Untouchables. That's just my, <laughs> my affectionate nickname for them. I love them all. I think they're the best and dopest, some of the best, dopest artists in the business. And they they prove it each and every time out the gate. So tell me, hear me talk about the Untouchables. That's it. Yeah, like 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 um the whole there's a consistency that 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 I can associate with Advent across multiple series across multiple artists which is which is you know a standard i think like it it's the standard i'm, I'm you know among among outside of indies like you, you can only compare it to like the big you know the big show right indie indie and i will talk a little bit about like the indie space a little bit later but i want to talk to you about about powers and okay. and like all these different series that have these really cool characters um what is your approach to like power building, power scaling? Um, what do you like to write? 
and tell tell uh, tell the listener that maybe doesn't you know under you know is just kind of hearing about advent right now like what can they expect from the heroes villains and, and what's happening in the worlds okay uh, as far as the heroes in the advent universe is the two consistent things you'll find in our heroes you'll find heroes that resemble us or resemble you i don't say us because us is a big big pronoun um we don't just have standard vanilla heroes we have black heroes we have Puerto rican heroes we have dominican heroes we have uh female here i mean basically if you look at a heaven comic book you will find something about it that resembles the world out there or resembles your world um you're also going to find heroes that aren't perfect none of us are perfect so our heroes are a little flawed uh titan titan is like our superman character but he's a flawed character basically he's starting in reverse titan got his powers and he was he was wild and titan was out there you know he broke up with his wife because he's out there doing things he should have been doing mm-hmm. and with that powers he has to learn how to be to live up to those powers and to be a hero. So you're watching his progression from a flawed man into a hero. So that's the under underbelly of, of what Titan is going to be going through. He's 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 learning on a job to be a hero. And you'll see that walk that progression with him. Let's go deeper into him as a as just like a character, you know, if you know, you brought him up first, and he's very iconic. When you when you look through your through your catalog, really stands out visually, and you know, just a real powerful uh, concept for a series. What can what can he do? Give me more about like what's his real name? Like you know, what's his what's his alien? You know, what's his real name? What is who who is he? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you more than that, bro. I'm gonna give you something a lot of people don't even know. Um, Tyke's real name is Marcus Cameron. He is a firefighter in his real life basically titan was based off a lot of titan based off my life um i pretty much put a lot of my life Mm -hmm. into comic form um like i said titan titan got divorced from his wife he was out there wild in the streets women alcohol whatever that was me i put that into the the comic book so we can say right about you know yeah i know about some of that um, so, basically, he has this second chance to be um, the man he always wanted to be. So, he has the chance to be a better father, a better husband, and he has the superpowers now that he wants to use to help the world at large. So, he has to put all that together and also learn how to be a hero. Um, Titan, like I said, he's the most powerful hero that, that well he's the most powerful superhero in our universe there are like two characters who are more powerful than titan and that's on record that's on record okay that's universe. canon right there right yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> coming canon. straight from you that's canon savior <laughs> is more powerful than titan in the beginning when you for we see the character savior in the champions of hope book and in uh, Spotlight, or we'll leave it there, mm. Savior is more powerful than Titan. 
because Savior is basically a character who is linked with the Holy Spirit of God. So Savior is more powerful than him. And then mm. we, in our universe, we have a God and a devil. So we have actual spiritual levels built to our universe. So our universe is layered. When I say it's layered, it's it's layered. So you'll you'll find pretty much everything they have in the universe. That's a that's a good way. Um, kind of opening to to tell me about like if there are running themes in these, if there's a story behind these books and these characters. You talk, you know, tell me a little bit about like putting yourself into the into the words. Are you? Is there any like more more you know, wider commentary that you're that you're kind of talking about through these yeah, stories? Yeah, um, a, a lot of uh, there's a title we have called Black Starline. Um, it serves three actual purposes. Um, one, it is a book that's created by black and persons of color. The creators on that book are black or persons of color. Boom. That's what this book is for, to spotlight their works and their creations. Mm-hmm. Whether they be the artist, whether it be the writer, inker, colorist, whatever, that's all you're going to see is black and person of color. The characters in that book, black and person of color only. And Because I, I figured there weren't enough books or titles that focused on our characters. You might have one or two. Marvel might have a Falcon book here or there. A Luke Cage book six, seven years later. Just took one off the market. Down. I don't I don't get into companies things. But I wanted people who look like me to consistently see in each and every book that Advent creates, you're gonna have powerful, strong black and persons of color in every single book. Not to say that they're white people or other uh, races aren't represented in the books because they are and they're powerful as well. But it's not about anti white or any other race, it's about pro Lifting up our community and our children, letting our children see that we can be superheroes, we can be presidents, we can be other things. So that was my mindset going in, just to uplift our children. Because it was powerful for me when I was a kid to see Black Lightning or Luke Cage. I'm like, they look like me. I'm like, okay, cool. And then as the the superhero, I guess, uh, storytelling evolved, to have superheroes grow a stature and do more things. So I was like, wow, kids today need to see that because there is so much power in representation. Most people don't really get it, but it's power and representation. If you see yourself and that puts the idea in your mind, I can be a hero. I can be out, I can be out there and fight fires. I can be out there and be a lawyer. Or I can be a doctor. It gives you the seed, a spark to say, okay, what do I need to do now to make it happen? So, well, you're, I mean, you're bringing up a, a lot of really rich, deeper concepts and I'm see if I can, you know, shape uh, some context and actually, you know, pose a question around this, but like, it's a new standard, right? So what you're talking about is out of a niche becoming mainstream without adopting what, what, what the status quo is so think of like uh think of like uh um like you know for for lack of better like example like barack obama every candidate before that would be have been considered a black candidate Uh or he would have had to do something different and be like completely out of out of character 
that it wouldn't have been a so he wouldn't have won he wouldn't have even made it to mainstream right because people wouldn't have related to him because people wouldn't have related to him right so now you're able to to create a universal culture of heroes equally powerful that also is prominently black how does that feel to like where is that space of like doing something new versus wanting to rely on back to like relying on a standard um to be honest like i said just said um it wasn't about me coming in and trying to change what people were doing my mindset was this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to show if people come along for the ride so be it but in my mind i had, like i said i had a story and a vision and i was going to put it out there and i feel so 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 blessed let me say that off the break that people have responded positively to it um but my goal was just to get out what was what was in me to be to be told or shared and i put it out and people thankfully have been responding to it now, i had a guy hit me up um why i don't know why i was up at three o'clock in the morning i was actually i just finished writing another script and i went on twitter and a guy he posted uh hope i don't get him in trouble but his, his, his twitter name was world's greatest geek and he was like bro i just went on Comicsology and pick up the first two issues of Titans. I'm hooked now. He was like, "This is fire." He was like, "I I didn't know about this." I was like, "Bro, like, yeah, I don't know, man." But I'm glad you like. He was like, "Man, look at tell me there's more coming." I was like, "Yeah, it's more coming." You know, we're working on issue four at the moment, um, but you know, it's coming. And he was like, "Bro, I'm in." He's like, "I'm in." He said, "Now that I see what's going on, I'm in." So like you so, you, you kind of answered the question that like you build. You build a new market. People, you build what you like exactly. based on as, your influence as, as you buy, and you as buy a, your market. Creator and as a publisher, um, of course, you got to give the people what they want. But by the same token, you can make it your own or make it original and still attract the fan base. Um, and that's what I tried to do. I don't know if, like I said, it, so far people have responded positively to it. Um, but even though I'm telling a superhero story, and superhero stories are old as, as time, I always try to throw a little spin or a little twist to it. So you're not getting the same old. So like I said, the old saying, nothing new under the sun. But, you know, I try to twit, put an advent twist on everything we do. Mm-hmm. And people, like I said, thankfully have responded to it. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think people take their influences from life or art. And yep. the old saying is, oh, which one is influencing the other? And what, exactly, which comes first, exactly. The, the, you know, as, as a writer, you really have to be effective in, and, and a visual artist and other types of arts, performing arts as well. You have to bring the audience into your world effectively. Exactly, exactly. And hopefully, knock on wood, um, they're coming along for the ride and they're enjoying what we're having to offer in the division. And this is the drawback. Um, right now, out of all those 20 Avenue's titles, I am the writer because I have the vision. I know where the story's going to go. Now, it's gotten to the point, time and necessity and growth they're coming in where I can bring in other writers to tell 
I can share with them, okay, this is where I want this character to go. This is where I want that super team team to go. This is the bot. This is the the finish line for them. But initially, all those ideas were in my head, so I had to craft all these different pockets of the universe in order to tell the stories crafted the way I want them to go. Uh, but like I said, now we're we're getting a little bit more growth, and we're getting um, more. Is how, how I say it a little bit more shine that I can bring other writers in there. Mm. So you're kind of you're, you're growing. I, I think I coined. I don't know if I coined the term, but I used it. <laughs> if so, if, if somebody knows where it's from, let me know in the in the comments. But like sp spiraling up. Yeah, indeed. Right, because I've heard of a downward spiral. So you always, yeah. but like so we're spiraling up exactly. Exactly. Um, you've built a strong foundation for for the creative side where it's inspired you got a, a quality competent team you individually have a, a productive a production uh, uh you know experience or and like you said you might have brought that from you know your, your your expertise as a firefighter or just outside of the world of comics but like how do how do you like manage your team effectively well before that i i've got i've got a college three times so far uh, the first degree was in business and management so that that applied and then before i made the transition to firefighting i worked for the federal government for years so i i was able to the managerial part i the, the position i was in i'm able to effectively work with different people and move parts around so a lot of different life experiences come into that the firefighting thing was just me when I got divorced uh, the first time. It was like, I need to change the life. I want to do something a little bit more thrilling. So it's more thrilling than running the burning building, jumping out of, jumping off of roofs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's where that came into play. And then at same token, I get to help people. Um, but no, there were other positions and other things um, that helped me get to that level. Like I said, I just didn't come in as and I, well, I came into the industry not knowing the ins and outs of how things operate, but I also had tools in the toolbox to allow me to navigate. Mm -hmm. so. Well, it's hard. It's really it's difficult to wear all the hats because I, I don't think many writers or artists get a business uh, education or yeah, uh, have an applicable real world it, experience to bring in, you know? It's rough. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, the head that wears the crown, it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, so if you're looking to do that, know that every day ain't going to be sunshine. Uh, you got to deal with all the problems, whether it be uh, other creators, other publishers. Then you got to deal with, uh, like right now, there's a, a global paper shortage. So books aren't moving out as fast because ain't no paper to print them. Um, you got to deal with uh, supply chain issues. Even when you get the books, some books I get, I, well, some books come from overseas. Mm. And I have like four boxes of not only books, but just merchandise that's stuck out in California because they ain't got enough people to, wow. to move it off the top. Yeah, it's right, um, off, right off the beach yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm like, bro, I, I literally, I ordered a package the end of last year. And I literally just got it two days ago. Oh, wow. It was stuck, stuck on the dock. It was some 
some lunch boxes, Titan lunch boxes that I wanted to have for kids to go to school with because I do some programs with kids. It literally just came two days ago. Stuck on the dock for like seven, eight months. I was like, bruh, are you serious? But I mean, it's just the, it's just how things work. So you, you got to wear all hats. You got to be able to, to pivot and navigate the different problems. Uh, well, money problem. I, I wanted to get to this to this question and get your experience on it, but I, it had to be late enough in the interview where we've talked in, you know, about these different concepts and, and, and your approach because they, you know, they had to do with quality of a product, and then no matter if that product is comic books or shoes or, or you know, food, fast food restaurant, right? There's a there's a marketing and sales aspect of it that goes beyond just the quality of of the product in terms of success. Not, yes. not like I said, it's beyond the quality. It doesn't matter how good it is, or because because McDonald's sells as many burgers as anybody in the world, and it and it is it's crap. <laughs> it's terrible, <Right>. you know. <laughs> but how are you gonna tell them they're not successful? But burger makers, right? right? How are they not the standard for burger making, <laughs> as low as the standard may be, or to a market that may be into fast food, right? It's a it's a marketing machine they have behind it. They gotta advertise them monopoly on fast food face to face so so your you know the, uh, your mom and pop yeah. shop that makes the best burger in the yes. world is struggling while mcdonald's yeah. is making hand over fist so where where's that balance between quality marketing logistics you know for me like as, as an indie creator i'm thinking like it costs so much to buy to to make a book just to create a physical book than to sell yeah. it uh, yeah. uh to ship it like man, I'm like we we might as well just do like digital digital sales and and focus on because yeah. we're having to make decisions. How do you balance all these different decisions, and and uh, have you found how you have you found your way? I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I was lucky enough to have strong brothers. Kind of, they weren't really weren't really mentors in a specific sense. But they took the time out to help. There were several. There were three brothers. In, in fact, when I first, like I said, well, four. When I first got into the industry, um, and they, these were guys who were already successful in the business. Um, first and foremost was Michael Davis, one of the uh, milestone creators. Um, it was his black panel that I went to, and you know, basically. He, he guided me, talked to me about certain things. Watch out for this, watch out for that. Do this, do that. Joe Illich, he was editor for not only Milestone, but DC on, on Batman and some other things. When I first was starting, when I went home uh, and was starting as that, he and Chris Cross, who used to draw uh, on Milestone, still draws for DC, they were giving me advice on how to move and maneuver and because they were like you know you're about to do something if it takes off and all of us went and they you know I couldn't afford the two of them I wish I could have because to think what Evan could have been if I had the money to bring them to him ooh um, but yeah they they, they, monitored, they, they gave me advice um, and I reached out to Crick and no, I had no business doing this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm bold and I do things that are unconventional. Some people say I reached out to Chris, Christopher Priest, didn't know her from a can of paint. I just knew I liked what he was doing on Black Panther. 
he talked to me. He was like, look, the way in the future, he was like, get get your books digital. And he was like, give me advice. And he was actually, not only did he actually talk to me, he was giving me advice. And I was like, okay, bet. So not only am I going to do print books, I'm going to put my books on Amazon, put my books on Kindle and Nook and all these other things that were just coming at the time. And um, Comixology, I was like, I'm doing all that. I was like, boom. And I could see the, what he was telling me. And like I said, I, I had people who were willing to give me that mentorship and say, hey, look, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. That's why um, not that many people ask, but when people do ask for my advice or whatever, I'm quick behind the scenes to be like, look, do X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, if I can help you with X, Y, and Z, you know, ain't nobody got to know about it. Cool, let's do it. So, um, it's 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 a uh, it's a community first and foremost, and secondly, um, like I said, I th- I'm thankful for the guidance that I received. And like I said, comics is hard. <laughs> it's a hard business, but it it's enjoyable for me because even though it may cost you a lot to make comics, you know that coming up now as a, as a publisher, it's a lot to make those comics. Um, but the payoff for me in, in my heart and soul is when somebody reads that book, particular book, and says, man, I enjoyed this, bro. You mm-hmm. don't know how much I got. For me, that, that makes it all worth it, man. That makes it all worth it. It, it does, and like passing on that creativity or passing on a piece of you, where, wherever that is expressed in, in your life, um, is is I think your power to the world to create. Titan did not exist except for in your mind, and now he exists like in a real tangible way. I've, I I can get a card, I can read a book. Yeah. It's tangible. I can I I now when I'm watching Naruto, like I, my imagination starts to be woven through my influences, and like like man, yeah. if I made a a ninja character or something like you know like that. Right. yeah well you know what would it what would it be and then i just start creating my own world and and, you know, and and it's filtered it's not a it's not a naruto ripoff because it's filtered through your experiences your lenses and your you're imparting yourself into that character so you can take that character and run with it flip it and change it. and it's it's brand it's a brand new character. Well, yeah, and and you know back to you know art imitating life, right? Even Van Gogh is is drawing a picture of a damn windmill in his <laughs> in his field, right? <laughs> he's just uh, uh, he's just doing it a certain a certain way. Art is all about what you see, what you interpret, and how you feel about. It. Yeah, yeah, and and you and recreating. Right, you know, recreating, taking whether that be like, and I'm, I'm telling you, it really spans the whole. It could be cooking; it doesn't have to be comic creation. It could be uh, coaching or training. But back to like publishing, like if I go train somebody, I'm a football coach. If I go train somebody and we have an exchange of of value, my my hour and a half for you getting better or more proficient at a skill that's going to improve your life, we have that exchange. I I don't really get paid again off of that exchange of time. Whereas in writing, you are able to leave that book. So, yeah, you, you may sell it for 99 cent today. And maybe you think in the short term, I didn't make my money back. But over the lifetime, over years, as you start accumulating the kind of catalog that you have and, and people are coming to buy one and twos and maybe I want these three books 
the the power of being a publisher really starts to make sense. It pays off. It will pay off. It, it, Trust. It, it, yeah. It, the potential, like, in order to to stay with it, because, like I said, and I, I can't stress it enough, the comics industry as a whole is a marathon. If you're coming in with a quick, a quick sprint to make the quick buck, don't do it because you're gonna be highly disappointed. Highly disappointed. Like I said I've been almost 15 years in now, so it's 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 something that you have to build and gradually walk walk down. Like the old saying about the cows at the top of the hill, mm-hmm. walk down, walk down and get it all. Tell me, tell me what's different now for like somebody just coming in versus maybe five, ten years ago. What was what new opportunities? What same pitfalls? Um, I, I, they're, they're pitfalls, but there's so many more opportunities. I see new companies come in like uh, Concrete Comics, Wingless Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 constant hustle you have a proliferation of talented creators who are coming in and then you have also the social media presence so you have the Instagrams you have the, the Twitters and the Facebooks to where they can instantly connect with new fame so that that's a plus right there that getting your book in front of those different audiences that quickly that, that social media allows you to do that's powerful so you can come out and you know if and if you do it correctly market your book correctly or or savvy enough to do it you can gain I see a matter of fact and I admire uh, this man's hustle the creator over at uh, Concrete Comics uh, Lonzo he came in and literally jumped from just putting this stuff on Instagram to have like hundreds of thousands of followers. And I was like, that boy is killing. I was like, he is doing his thing. And it 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 makes me feel good no matter who the creator is to see them have that type of presence. And social media is a big part of it now. So you got to have a social media presence. Um, and of course, doing the things that we do, um, making the books and making it quality and content and stories um and a lot of these guys are smart they're coming in and having editors editors help them with the books help them with the writing the things the pacing the formatting so they they are killing they're going about the right way Mm -hmm. so yeah so um today it's a good time the tools are there and it's open for anyone to get into comics now um and if you do it correctly it's not as expensive as just regular print either. I mean, it's still going to cost you, but in the long run, and these these are creators who are doing other things themselves. They're not only learning the the craft of publishing, they're learning how to letter, they're learning how to color, they're learning how to ink. So they're learning all the aspects and being able to do them themselves, which in turn saves them money. That more money they save, they can put it branch out and do other things. Yeah. Product. Tell, tell me, I, I would be remiss to not talk about um, Diamond and and you getting sure. you know that association and, and that distribution partnership association with Diamond. Tell tell us you know for for people that are learning about comics, you know how how what is Diamond? What do they do for comic creators? And what did that mean to kind of hit that standard 
and, and to get that, that relationship? Um, well, I'm going to say this. I just came to Diamond this year. Um, before that, the whole 13 plus years, I've been grinding on my own. So before Diamond even came along, I got Advent into 53 different countries selling. Mm. On on no diamond, no no big advertising, just grinding and, and doing the things you need to do. Fifty three different countries, constant sales, just hustling and doing. Uh, but diamond gave me instant access to all the comic book shops out there. Even though I've been grinding out there, you, I could go out and ask a person off the street, you "Know what having comics is?" I don't know who they are. So the relationship with diamond allowed. Uh, is allowing us to put our books in different stores in front of uh, different comic shops who we didn't have a relationship with prior and allowing them to see what we're offering. So the diamond thing is huge, but like I said, um, you have to, you have to, to pace yourself um, because everything is is a constant learning experience. Even me, I'm learning how to do things Diamond's way right mm-hmm. as we speak. So it's only been maybe about four months now that I've been a Diamond, five months. So I'm learning myself. Um, I haven't got it all figured out, but once I do get it figured out, we're gonna flip this thing. We're gonna run with it. So it's it's all a, it's all a learning experience of how things work. I, I think how, you, uh, you you have put it. You, you, have, you know, really kind of kind of put it out there as like a level up for you guys to, yeah, to be in Diamond, yeah. in, in spite of all the work that you have put before, me, right? Don't get me wrong. It's definitely a level up because whereas I was able to get our our stuff in other countries and in a, in a couple stores, let's say I was able to get us kind of consistently into like 100 stores. Diamond offers me thousands of stores. Um that I didn't have access to or that people just didn't know about. The name being affiliated with Diamond instantly gave us the credit for people to be like, okay, staring Diamond, let me take a look at it. Mm. That's what I, and if I get you to look, and not to sound too bold or anything, if I get you just to look, chances are you'll like what you'll see from that. Yeah. But, Diamond gave us the opportunity for people to take a second look. And be like, okay, because people would come to me at comic cons and be like, store owners would be like, man, I want to, I want to buy hundred copies of your book. Woo-woo-woo. Are you in Diamond? Not in Diamond yet. Okay, when you get Diamond, then come talk to me. Mm. I mean, there was that kind of thing, and I don't, I don't um, fault stores for that because it, stores need a level of insurance, insurance too. To one, you know, your book is worthy of being in their store uh, to get the book and that you have a track record. Diamond shows them, hey, this person is going to do what they say to read your books and you know, you're going to like the books. Wow, that's um, that's that's a real, like, like uh, it's achievement. It's definitely something to kind of, I know it's hard as a creator because you're always, you know, looking, looking to, to make the next thing and we're very, like, process driven sometimes but I commend you brother like that that's that's powerful man thank you um we ain't there, like I said we ain't there yet I got a lot to learn um, I'm still learning every day on the job that I do so um 
one day I'll feel like we're worthy of it. But right now, I'm gonna still be out here grinding, hustling, and trying to make moves that take us up another level. So, yes, sir. Uh, I'm worried stuff. Thank you. Um, let, you know, t- you know, tell people how they can support for those that have not heard of Advent. Um, have you know where? What's the best way to kind of learn and, and get started? How can they find okay. you? Well, you can find all things Advent on our website, adventcomics.com. Um, like I said, we are now in Diamond, so you can go into your comic book shop. Um, if you see a title, basically what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm mixing the new stuff with the old stuff. So if you never saw Advent stuff before, you're going to see it. Um, you can go to your comic book shop, ask them for titles, put us on your pull list, or check previews, run previews. Uh, also, you can find us on Comicsology, uh, Drive to Comics, Indie Planet, the uh, uh, iTunes Bookstore. You can find us on Amazon, those places. Also, we do Kickstart. Um, I, I'm of the belief that I want to make things special for our fans. So when we hit ten year anniversary, I finally got on Kickstarter and did a tenth anniversary project that was only going to be done on Kickstarter, limited amount of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, fans responded to it. So every year I do at least two or three Kickstarters. Uh, for 2022, we have a, a trading card uh, set. Uh, we're up to Series 3 now. The, the fans, they loved it, loved it. Um, so that's going to be coming to Kickstarter uh, probably around March. Um, Cosmos um, it's, it's the story that I did for Marvel they like I tweeted it I twisted it tweaked it um, it's a 12 issue miniseries we're up to issue 6 that's going to be coming to Kickstarter probably I'll push it back from February because I want to do one more thing to it it's not ready yet so probably April-ish I'll launch that on Kickstarter um, but um Cosmos is special to me because not only is it a, a cosmic story, a story that I want to tell um, that was received very well, I turned it into a big 85 indie comic book publisher and creator story. So there are 85 other publishers and creators who I wrapped into this story. So it's a big crossover of indie comic books. Um, so far, we've had some of the co- uh, companies I've named, like uh, uh, Concrete Comics has appeared. Uh, we've had uh, companies like Dark Horse's Nexus, Michael Burns' uh, Nexus. It's appeared in the story. So creators, big and small, are in this book, and it's weaving one big story. So hopefully y'all check that out and y'all like it. Um, and I'm going to possibly do one more non-comic book um, like Kickstarter, because Kickstarter... What I found out, what I started to like about it is it lets me do something directly for the fans of ours. I don't have to go through middlemen, anything of that nature. It goes me to the fans here. I'm doing something special for you. This is yours. I'm giving you some special stuff. And a lot of times I give exclusive comic books. I've, so far we've done 12 exclusive comic books that you can't get anywhere else on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And people have gotten them. So I'm going to have some or exclusive stuff like that too. Awesome. Um, look out for those look out for those Kickstarters. Make sure you guys go to Advent Comics, uh, you know, the many outlets 
and and support uh, support just some, some just oh. really good content like like can i say one more thing yes, also please. uh instagram and twitter too so check okay. us out there yeah I also do drop drop a little bit bit of previews and things on those uh sites as well don't miss those uh definitely go check out everything advent they, they're really the the standard um you know, I would say like indie, but I mean, you guys just are 